0: Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, we're going to collaborate with the Dr. Joe Show, of which I'm a co-host. This was an amazing episode, and I really wanted to share it with you in case you hadn't already heard it. Please enjoy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. There we go. Nice, man. There you have it. Yeah, there we have it. No sniffles or scratchy throat this time. Are
1: you feeling better? Yeah. Oh, I'm so it sounds it. You can hear the, the timba. The velvet. The velvet, oh yes. The velvet. As they say, we have faces for radio. Lots of things going on. We survived a storm. It was good. Boom. um, It's been great to be back with electricity, Mm. but I must admit I I really enjoyed being off the grid for a little while.
0: It it, it has a pleasant feeling, but um, it has an anxious feeling, too, if you need to be doing things. That is true. (laughs) And... People were freaking out, yeah. Business wise, it was, and it was interesting because not a lot of people were affected very close to where we are, but mm. the people who were affected were affected, really affected. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as you get to Braintree and people, are, what's the big deal? Can you just you know give me a call? I don't even have cell service right now, right, much right. less internet. Right. I couldn't get cell calls through. Yeah. because all you know the bandwidth was smashed
1: absolutely same thing we had to go up the hill in order to get any reception at all from uh, you know near the general store up there in marshfield
0: did you like the caveman feeling of living in your house without power i did because i was living with my cave woman yeah which
1: was really fun carol and i had a really nice time we had, I'm, I'm serious we had candlelight dinners in front of the fireplace yeah um It was interesting because luckily we we also have a gas stove so we could still, you know, like make certain foods and things. But um, the dogs, the dogs, it was really interesting for them because they're used to at least a little light at night and they were getting a little bit freaked out by all the candles. Oh, really? Yeah, because we had candles everywhere. Carol set up candles everywhere. It was lovely. But, but. They were freaking out. A little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting when you go back to the 1800s overnight, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, all of a sudden, those things that you take for granted are gone. Exactly, exactly, you know, I think that that's sort
1: of been the theme of, of COVID. Right. You know, the things that we took for granted, hopefully we appreciate them so much more now, so many things. I think the other part about it was when all the Wi-Fi and cell and electricity came back on, boom three or four hundred emails from work that needed to be addressed. Right. You know, it's like, what, It's like, what's the point of even going away on vacation when you come back and you've got three or four hundred and you've got to get through them? But, you know. But you love what you do. I do. I, I am truly blessed. One of those definitions of success. I love going to work and I love going home. And through COVID, I've been able to do both at the same time. Which, right. Which is not so bad. Yeah. And then, you know, haven't even spoken. I was on vacation. I was on a real vacation. I mean, you guys may have noticed who were listening that we did some reruns for a couple of weeks. Uh, Carol and I, with some other friends, went to Ecuador and to the Galapagos Islands. Tell us about that. It was remarkable. First of all, the reason I wanted to go there was not only was there amazing, pristine, you know, conservation of, of land the way it was before humanity came around. But this was where Darwin, Ah. you know, began his whole idea of natural selection, the idea that that species are doing the best they can, but they don't always win, they don't always survive. There's a theme to that that we may come back to because it has had a huge influence. But it was absolutely remarkable to go from one island to the other. We were living on a boat a couple of weeks, well, it was about eight days, eight days on a boat, which in and of itself is a remarkable experience. I'm sure there are many, many people out there who have served in the Navy or in the service and know what it is to be on a boat. But for someone like me, not having lived on a boat, it was a remarkable experience because there's no stability, mm. things are rocking. Sometimes subtly and sometimes not so subtly when the boat is moving fast. Fascinating. Really amazing. And, and so there's that whole experience. But then you, you you get in these little dinghies, right? So you, you're on the boat. You step into a dinghy. You put your life jacket on beforehand. And they take you to an island. Mm-hmm. And there's either a wet landing, in which case you're going to jump out literally into the water right next to the beach, or a dry landing, which sometimes can be more precarious because you are getting off this dinghy onto sometimes slippery rocks that are supposedly dry. So there is that whole excitement. And then you see, I mean, how how do you describe this? Imagine that you're walking along and you need to watch where you walk in case you step on a sea lion. Really? Because they're just there, they're just it's, this is their space, man, but because they do not perceive human beings as predators, there's no fear, there's no fear response, and this was consistent over and over again sea lions uh iguanas birds the th- three main things that you see there lizards, birds, and sea lions so in other words, very few mammals right the sea lion is the only sort of mammal there, and it for me, it, it, it was the idea that who and what are animals anyway? In this particular state, they don't fear humans. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they don't have you know, competition among themselves or that they're not going to eat another species. But when it comes to who they see humans as... It's not a predator.
0: Just another species.
1: Just another species. The origin of species. Very much so. Actually, you know, I started writing a musical about Darwin years ago. It start off, The Origin of Species was Darwin's Major thesis,
0: a book beyond the shadow of a doubt. What was the um, animal he was studying? It was the beaks of the birds, wasn't it?
1: Well, a lot of people think he was studying finches, but he actually didn't do the finches until later. Okay. And he was studying a different kind of bird, a common bird a different kind of bird, because there were sort of fewer of them. Um, But that's exactly what it was, Mark. It was the idea that you have these different variations, and we're looking specifically at beak size. And some beaks were long, because they were going after a particular kind of food. Some beaks were short, because they were going over a different food. And the big change, though, in Darwinian thought is Darwin was thinking that evolution would take a long time. It must have taken a long time for these birds to adapt to their environment. Back in the 70s, 1970s or so, there was this guy, Stephen Jay Gould, who was at Harvard. He was studying with with E.O. Wilson, Stephen Jay Gould, a few others. This was where sociobiology began, and this is what was another part of the thing that fascinated me. Stephen Jay Gould talked about something called punctuated equilibrium. And he hypothesized that there wouldn't necessarily be these long pauses Mm -hmm. between evolution, but it would be punctuated, which explained the gaps in the fossil record. Because there was this big question, why are there gaps? Why can't we find the fossils that show this gradual shift in the structure of the bones, in the way the animals looked. And Gould hypothesized maybe it's that one adaptation, one mutation was so, so successful, it just wiped out everything else. Because the ones that were more successful had more babies, and those babies had the same adaptation. Now, so one generation, two generations. Right, exactly. And now we know that's probably true. This is incredibly significant for us as human Mm -hmm. beings. Because as you guys know, one of the things I've been talking about for a while is that human beings are on an evolutionary cusp. I truly believe we are about to leap to another evolutionary stage if we want to. And it's if we want to. But, you know, I, I go ahead.
0: Do you want no. to read your own bio? No. <laughs> Dr. Joseph Fran is chief medical officer of Riverside Community Care, headquartered in Dedham, Mass. He is a lecturer of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and triple board certified in adult psychiatry, child and adolescent psychiatry, and a diplomat. Diplomate?
1: Yes, diplomate.
0: Diplomate of the American Board of Addiction Medicine. It's true. Dr. Shan has developed a strength-based model called the IM approach that suggests a fundamental paradigm shift, moving away from pathology to viewing a patient at a current maximum potential. Etc. Et Et Welcome to the show, Dr. Joe. I
1: am so delighted to be here on the Dr. Joe show. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Well, we're glad to have you. Can you can you tell us what the I am approach is? We've been talking to people about it, we've been reading about it, we're hearing about it, we understand you have a book coming out about it. Tell us what the I am approach is.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. And again, I just want to thank all of you for having me here tonight. it's, it's a real honor to be here um so the idea occurred to me back in 1982 the idea is what if we start looking at people instead of being broken but as doing the best they can i was taking physics doing my pre-med stuff you guys awake
0: no I'm still c- awake
1: i know because whenever i say physics people immediately acceleration. that's right that's yeah. one of the things right but but in <clears throat> physics the symbol capital i stands for a potential current, for electricity. There's an equation. But I thought, what if we flip it upside down, and we call it a current potential? And what if we start looking at everyone at a maximum current potential, simply doing the best they can at this moment in time with the potential to change in the very next second to another best they can, but influenced and responding to four domains. The home domain. I mean, no one's going to argue your home has had an influence on who you are. I mean, listeners, just think about it for a moment. Think about the influence your home has had on you, even if it was years ago that family you grew up in, the parents you had or the parents that were absent have had an influence on who you are today and the choices that you make in the world. So the home domain, huge influence given its own separate location because there's the rest of the world, the social domain, right? Which is us being here at WATD, which is being at school, which is being at work, which is walking down the street, which is everything other than the home. And you know that the things that happen at home can have an influence on the world that you live in in your social domain. And the stuff that happens in the social domain can have an influence on the way you act at home. So these two domains are external. Remember, I'm just thinking this through there. Who are we? Why do we do what we do? Let's look at ourselves as doing the best we can, which changes that paradigm. Home and social. But then there are two internal domains. The biological domain, your brain and body. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I digesting my lunch? Have I just exercised? Am I waking up and I'm going to sleep? I mean, think about it. Our bodies are always changing, but they're responding to the things that you eat or the weather or any number of things. But I believe they're doing the best they can. You change that environment, you're going to change the response of that biological domain. And then what I call the IC domain my current concept of myself. How do I see myself? But how do I think other people see me? What do you mean by that? Well, think about it. We're all interested in what other people think or feel about us. I've had kids, uh, my adolescents in my substance abuse programs, who'll say to me, Dr. Strand, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And my response is, well, if you don't care what people think about you, why are you wearing clothes? Oh, come on, Dr. Chen. I, I can't walk down the street naked. I mean, people... Uh, oh, yeah. What I didn't realize when I was creating the I Am was that the IC domain, which is just capital I, lowercase C, IC, was actually something called Theory of Mind. Mm. I didn't know about Theory of Mind. As a matter of fact, I didn't learn about Theory of Mind for another decade. But Theory of Mind is not the same thing as theory of quantum mechanics or theory of relativity. It's the idea that I can't see your mind. Mm -hmm. So I have to guess. I have to theorize. What are you thinking or feeling? It's the root of empathy. You look at someone's face, if they're smiling, you assume they're thinking and feeling something that's making them happy or sad or angry. But what we really want to know is, what are you thinking about me? We all want to know that. Folks, it's just who we are as human beings. It's nothing good or bad about it. But we need to know that we are valuable, that somebody else sees us as valuable. Think about every person you've ever met in your life. That's the common thread that binds us. We just want to feel valued by somebody else. I mean, do you guys agree, or am I way off base on this? What do you think?
0: I think you're you're spot on. So let's let's back up for just a second. The four domains are exclusively what make a person do what they do. It Influences our behaviors. Okay. Yes,
1: absolutely. One of my colleagues said, "What about spirituality? What about religion?" Well, that's contained within these domains. Where? Well, both the home and the social domain. Okay. It means there are different influences, social domain. You, know, you can be Muslim or Christian or Jewish or agnostic. Whatever it is, it's an influence. Right? It I see.
0: How does, how does my higher power see me? Exactly right. And what can I do to <clears throat> contribute to the world?
1: The I am is not taking anything away. All it's doing is trying to integrate and explain who we are and why we do what we do. Does that sound familiar? The Dr. Joe Show, exploring who we are and why we do what we do. How are you meant to change something if you don't know why you're doing it?
0: So this came to you in physics, in undergraduate study.
1: Yeah, it, it, physics w- began the, the process, but it was really, in 1982, I'm, I'm doing my pre-med. I'd already finished college. I'd, I'd done a lot of uh, theater, I had gotten really interested in this sociobiology thing. I'd gone to Harvard for a bit to study with Wilson and, and Stephen Jay Gould and these like people who were creating this amazing thing. The idea that, that our behaviors are also selected for, just like Darwin was talking about the beaks of birds having a selective advantage over a different beak, it's the same with behavior. That's what sociobiology was the idea that there is a genetic component to our biology and our behaviors. So that was influencing me. At the same time theater was influencing me. I'd also taken this course in the Western discovery of Zen Buddhism, which was influencing me. And all those things had had really had an impact. That was between 1976 and 1980. And then, starting in 1980, I'd graduated from college. I had a theater company for a little bit up here in Boston, went back to New York, where I had gone to college, and decided I wanted to go to medical school. And that's when the IM began. And at the time, it was called IMAX. Right? It was the IMAX equation. There was actually an equation that had these like physics and calculus symbols. And, but we changed it over time. And then we changed it to the IM when I published, I think it was my third book, which formally introduced the I am to the world. That was in The Fear Reflex. So the idea was, we're all doing the best we can, but you don't have to like your I am. You don't have to condone it. It's not a free ride. Just because it's the best you can do doesn't mean you're not gonna be held responsible for it. And it certainly doesn't mean you can't do better. That's right. It doesn't mean that this is where you are. But instead of saying, I'm not doing as well as I can right now, what if you're saying, this is the best I can do right now as I respond to these four domains. But that doesn't mean in the very next second, I'm not going to be at another I am. And back when I did it, I, had, I hadn't added this last part to it, which was about success. And winning because the I am doesn't even say that you're going to be successful you know and for some people success like as I said before is when you love going to work and love going home for some people success is having food in the refrigerator for some people success is having a home to have a refrigerator for some people success is just being able to wake up and get through the day But instead of judging ourselves and other people as less than and broken, not doing as well as they can, should be doing better, let's look again at why we do what we do based on the influence of the four domains. And you think about the words, look again. Again, look. Again, to repeat something, look like a spectator. The I am is saying, let's respect why people do what they do without judging them. When's the last time you got angry at someone treating you with respect? It's impossible. It's impossible. It really is impossible because anger is an emotion designed to change things. We get angry when we want somebody to do something different. Start doing something, stop doing something, but being respected feels great. That's the IC domain at play. When I feel respected by you through my IC domain, through theory of mind, it has an effect on my biological domain. Respect leads to value, which is what everyone wants. And value leads to trust. And trust is the antidote to anger, fear, sadness. Because when you trust someone, you can
0: be who you are without worry. You're going to be judged. So, Dr. Joe, I understand you have a new book coming out. Yes, I do. And Thank what, you for what is that
1: book titled? Unleashing the Power of Respect.
0: Ooh, I like that title. The, Tell us about the that I book. I Am Approach. I like it. Yeah. Tell us about it. So,
1: the book, uh, my wife Carol will say that this is the book that she wanted me to publish right away. I actually wrote most of this book many, many years ago. It's a collection of stories stories about my patient teachers, the people who have taught me. And you know, obviously names have been changed to protect everything, but but each story is a real experience of mine working in psychiatry. Um, and each story is then followed by an I am perspective. So changing the view. So for instance, one of the first stories, Lady with a Gun, mm-hmm. is about a woman who suffered terrible, terrible abuse, but she didn't tell anyone about it. She didn't tell anyone. And she eventually was able to share a lot of the experience because of the respect and the value that she began to feel, allowed her to trust. But I will share the first thing she said to me because it wasn't she wasn't my patient her young daughter was going to be my patient and the story starts with the way I met them these three women come in a grandmother a mother and this little girl of about eight or nine years old and the whole story is usually given by the mother. You know, a parent tells me the story of what's going on with their kid. But not in this case. In this case, the whole story was given to me by the grandmother. And the mother didn't say a word. And grandmother's telling me that this little girl is a handful. She doesn't listen. She very often is out of control. Lots of stuff going on. And this mother doesn't say a word. Finally, I'm able to separate the mother from the grandmother and the little girl. I have the little girl go draw some pictures with the grandmother out in the waiting room. And I say to the mom, so what's going on with your kid? And this mother, the first word she says to me, I don't think I love her. And then the rest of the story, goes on about that and talks about it and she t- explores more. So how do you see a person saying, I don't think I love my child? It's pretty heavy.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: And what what the story, Lady with the Gun, does is show you who this person is and her story and what has happened. And of course, in my world of psychiatry, I meet people that many other people think there's something wrong with mm-hmm. them. They're broken. Yeah. Dismiss them. I mean, for goodness sakes, we use the word disorder to describe people in psychiatry. They have a disorder. And the IM is saying, no, there is no disorder. A disorder immediately separates people this group and that group. Mm -hmm. And then we're astonished we have stigma. We created the stigma by saying people are broken because that goes against everything that we want as a human being. We have to feel valued by someone. And I assure you that every single person who has come to me in my role as a psychiatrist on some level has felt less valuable. That's why they're there they feel less valuable. And what I teach my students, the people who work with me, my other colleagues, is that's all we're trying to do, is remind someone of their value. In the I am, they have come into this social domain, bringing with them the history of their home and the social domain, the effect it's had on their biological domain, and the way they see themselves. And I get the honor and privilege of learning who they are. That's why I call them my patient teachers. Mm-hmm. So the book, Unleashing the Power of Respect, will explain the I am to you
0: in the first so, couple of chapters. So that so for example, you open up, you read the story about the lady and the gun, and then there's a explanation through the eyes of the I am. Is exactly. that how it's written? Exactly. Oh that's that's interesting. I am perspective.
1: That's right. And so the first couple of chapters are really introducing the I am. And you'll you'll learn about it, it'll explain it, and then you'll see the application of it. So it's a series of these stories. So there's a, another story, um, also based on you know my life as a psychiatrist. In this one, I was a resident, uh, and I walked onto the inpatient unit. So the inpatient unit in the psychiatry hospital, these are locked units. They're locked because the patients are so compromised, their I am is so disorganized. They may be dangerous, they may be psychotic, they may be suicidal. I walk on this unit, and there's this large man, psychotic man, with a chair held up over his head, and he is about to slam it down on a nurse. And there's a crowd of people around him, ready to restrain him. And I see this happening and I walk right over calmly and I say to him, hey Dan, you want a cup of coffee? And everybody's startled. I said, decaf, okay? (laughs) Right, exactly. And he calmed down, put the chair down. We went and spoke. And then the story goes on about what is it like for this man who truly had psychosis was out of touch with reality for years. What was it like for him? How did he regain his life? What had happened? And the story is called Decaf, okay? And the, the I am perspective is about diagnosis. You know? What happens when we put a label on someone? Mm. And we do this all the time, not just in psychiatry. We do this in our world. And that's part of what unleashing the power of respect is about. It's not just for people who are involved in the psychiatric field or the mental health field or the health field. It is for everyone. Because the I am is not just about an individual. It's about your community. It's about the world we live in. It's about our nation. The United States has an I am. This is the best we can do right now. We have our home domain, right? the United States. We have a social domain, which is our global interaction with the rest of the international community. We have our IC domain, the way the United States sees itself now, the way other nations see us, which is different now than it was when we had George Washington as president. And the United States has a biological domain which are all of our resources and all of our people, and each of them has an I am. So in other chapters of the book, other stories, I look at things like crime. How can I am, how can be an I am of crime or aggression?
0: Right, how can you be doing the best you possibly could be doing if you're
1: committing a crime? Right, exactly. But you are. That's right, but if you don't like it, you can change it, but what's important is that we don't judge that person. We have to understand why they are doing this. So one of the stories uh, is called One Less Hat. And it's about a little boy who would witnessed domestic violence. And he's aggressive and out of control and angry. And his mother comes in with bruises because he's been hitting her. And the story is about what happens, this is in play therapy with him. By this time I was I was uh, attending, I was actually the, the medical director of the outpatient program at McLean Hospital. And using his play, how we began to understand and unravel what was going on and how he began to understand what was going on and teaching me. And by the end of the story, The kid doesn't need to be in therapy with me anymore. And the mother has no more bruises. But then the I am is the I am in aggression. Because human beings have a proclivity for this. We can be aggressive. It is part of who we are. And at times we need to be. Mm -hmm. Aggression is the enactment of anger. There's nothing wrong with anger. It's what you do with it. So unleashing the power of respect takes these stories and then gives you an i am perspective on things that we have considered all our lives but change that paradigm by understanding who we are and why we do what we do based on the influence of the four domains so it's coming out in february unleashing the power of respect the i am approach Coming out in February, 2022. 2022. Bookstores near you. You should be able to get it anywhere. 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 Even yes, even Amazon. I said that only because y- you made a comment about something like that last week. Last week,
0: yeah. I noticed um, that a lot of the artistic writers uh, choose not to lead with Amazon as the place to uh, purchase their books. Yeah. There's a lot of new websites of uh, you know thrift. Right shop dot com type of bookstore, local bookstore dot com, and keeping the small businesses in in business. And yes. I, I I think a lot of the authors lead with that. Yeah, but Amazon's so easy. Oh. And one click and it's at your door. It's
1: an I it's am an and and, right? and and this this is part of of also who we are as a culture is this idea that we can do a click and be easy. Right. But what I'm asking people to do is a bit more challenging. Because one of the things that Galapagos taught me was part of our nature is to be peaceful. Even if we have competition, right? Natural selection was basically saying that the strong will survive, the survival of the fittest. But what that really means it's a window into who we are and who we have been. Remember, spoke a little earlier that everybody wants the same thing, which is just to feel valued by somebody else. There's a huge evolutionary pressure for this, because millions of years ago we weren't the biggest animal, we weren't the fastest animal, we weren't the strongest animal. We were actually these isolated mammals scurrying around hoping not to be lunch. We were prey and then we form these small social groups. And our survival potential increased so dramatically that human beings are now everywhere. But to access the protection of that group so you can survive, you have to contribute something, which means you have to have value. And so when we feel Devalued, It activates this ancient, ancient survival mechanism in our brain. And how often does this happen? We have spent millennia increasing our own value by decreasing somebody else's. And then we're astonished that that other person becomes angry. Mm-hmm. Anger and emotion designed to change things. And then we... Can get fearful because now they're angry. And now you have two brains, each trying to increase their own value by taking something from somebody else. This is what we have done for millennium. This is what leads to wars. This is what leads to racial inequality. This is what leads to all the socioeconomic problems that we have. And yet we know that every time you remind someone of their value, you increase your own value. Wait a second, what's going on here? When I say, hey, thank you, or I appreciate that, or you're awesome, you feel good and I feel good.
0: And oftentimes people walking by that overhear it feel good. Yes.
1: Yes. So in other words, our brains are also designed as a social animal to enhance other people's values. We do this automatically. But what we can now do thoughtfully is to expand that outside our group. Because if I'm only valuing people in my group, And another group is only valuing people in their group. And their group is going to try to devalue my group by taking something from me. That leads to
0: war. Boy, does that sound familiar. Doesn't it? Mm. Right.
1: And the I am is saying, that's still an I am. I'm not going to judge that. But now I can understand it. Here's what's happening in the four domains. But the I am has two truths. Because the four domains interconnect, a small change can have a big effect. You don't need to change everything. This small change of being able to remind someone else of their value to increase your own value is going to have a huge change. And it leads directly to the second truth of the I am. You control no one. You influence everyone. You get to choose the kind of influence you want to be. You control no one. You influence everyone. What happens when I remind you of your value through your IC domain, your biological domain reacts? You feel good. I feel good. We've changed the home and the social domain. Why not? This is what I mean by the evolutionary cusp we're on. We now have a brain that can make that choice. We're going to have a brain that first reacts a certain way. We will be... But we can be reflective. This is part of what Mark Stiles has been preaching and doing in your firm. It is much more important
0: to be proactive so you aren't forced to be reactive. Right. Let's think this through.
1: We have a brain that allows us to think things through. What will happen next if I do this now? And folks, that's what I'm talking about with the I.M. If we keep doing what we're doing, if we keep increasing our value by trying to decrease somebody else's, we will destroy ourselves. Because that other person is going to do the same. They're going to try to increase their value by taking away yours. Now you have a choice. Or you can do something different you know what, there's enough to go around.
0: More and more people are believing that, I think. Even in the so-called cutthroat world of corporate business, I think more and more people, and I think a lot has to do with the coming generations, the younger people, and some of that older 80s, 90s mindset is starting to age out and be looked at as really
1: yeah right
0: really you're gonna say that you're gonna treat that person that way Yep.
1: but but you you and i were talking the other day and you had an example during the power outage right remember you told me the story that that you called a competing company yes Right. Want to just
0: well, I don't. I so I don't refer to them as competing, but others Excellent. might. Others That's others might. So important.
1: I stand. I, correct or c- sit I correct. call
0: it a uh, co right? Because nice. we need one another, mm-hmm. right? There there needs to be more than one because there is too much to go around, but we need folks that we can rely on and count on to not obstruct and to not be adverse every step of the way so yeah I reached out to a colleague uh, some may refer to as a competitor but I knew that I could count on him and we needed services we needed help with uh, getting documents through the interweb we didn't have access and it was nice it was uh, a very comforting feeling to know because I know that the relationships that we've built along the way have a lot to do with what's going to happen in situations like that and you know will we be looked at as eh let him fail let him squirm this is good we actually want him to go away because he doesn't cooperate right and we did see that a little bit in this situation, but then we see the opposite, which is it's heart it's it's heartwarming. It really was. And it was uh and I'll remember that for a very long time. Right. That we have that in community.
1: That's right. And then when they need something they can come and ask you.
0: They know. They know now.
1: You see, I mean that that's part of our brain of being able to anticipate the future. If I do this now, what will happen next? This is called altruism. Right. Right. Which ultimately is saying It's not a selfish thing. I'm going to
0: do this so that I
1: guarantee you'll do something for me later. No, that's not what it is. Right. It's that you're valuable.
0: And that's the thing. I don't feel like I even had to say, I owe you one. Right. Right, where a lot of people, I owe you one. No, you don't. No. But I didn't feel like I had to say that. Now, I have a question for you. Okay. If small changes have big effects, what small change can you make, Dr. Joe?
1: Well, the small change that, that I'm making is I'm going to be publishing this book that I should have published a long time ago. And the small change I'm asking my audience members to do is think about buying it. Think about reading it. Go to my website, drshrand.com, and, and learn about this a bit more. You know, drshrand.com. So the small change is being able to enact the I am. And I think that you guys who work with me for a while know that that is what I live, that I really do live this. It's not just fluff. I recognize that I can increase someone's value and increase my own at the same time. Not selfishly, but because we have more peace. We can then do more. Our brains aren't activated in this fight-flight response. So, the small change that I make is I live the I am every day.
0: You control no one, but you influence everyone. What kind of influence do you want to be?
1: I want to help all of us change the world. I want us to have a world where we feel valuable, at peace, that allows us to be creative, that allows you to be who you are and not judge yourself as less than and broken. We don't need to do that. We can be it, and I am. Unleash the power of respect. You will be astonished at what you can do with it.
0: In bookstores in February. That's right. And if everybody reads it, we will be in a much better place. Trust me, folks. Thank you. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for coming, Dr. Joe. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week, and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments, or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles@styles-law.com. That's m s t i l e s at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private, exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers and sellers with all of their title, settlement and escrow needs. Secure Title, S E C U R I T I T L E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed
1: herein.